we choose as humble servants of the Lord to come to your word and to choose to believe it, Father. If your word declares that you are the healer, then we choose as an act of our will to believe that, yes, indeed, Father, you are our healer. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, we had finished up, really had finished up uh, chapter 4 of uh, Dr. Yeoman's uh, book uh, last week. And um, uh, so I thought uh, that would be good to do, do some questions, and then we'll get into uh, chapter 5 there. So this is the part of healing school, the school part, right? You have to answer questions. And so the nice thing about this is a good school because there's no grades, and it's open book test, right? So, um, and there's only five questions in this particular chapter, amen? And so the first question is, who are some of the singers of songs in the Bible? Uh, she mentions them in that chapter there, so uh, who are the, some of the singers that she mentions uh, in the Bible? Who wrote songs in the Bible? Anybody know? Moses and David, that's a couple of them. Anybody else? There's two more that she mentions. Miriam, uh, she didn't mention Miriam, but Miriam's one of them, right? Uh, and then, uh, or did she, did she mention Miriam? I don't think she did, uh, but she did uh, sing. Uh, the other two that she mentions was Deborah and Mary. So remember, Mary sang a song when she saw Elizabeth, uh, and she sang unto the Lord there. Uh, and so, um, and then question number two is kind of an odd question, and uh, I kind of even debated even having the question in there. Uh, it's her statement. Uh, the, the question is, what did David call his tongue? Uh, remember, when we read in Psalm, um, in Psalm 30, it says in verse 12, it says, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. And so she, she said that David called his tongue, what did, she, what did he call his tongue? Glory. He said he called his tongue glory. And I don't really interpret it that particular way. I don't think he was specifically talking about his tongue. I just thought he was talking about his whole being, right, to the... His glory may sing praise to thee because, I mean, our words are what articulates our, our songs, but, I mean, our tongue is what uh, causes our words to be articulated, but you don't sing just with your tongue. You sing with all that you are, amen? And, and so, um, so I take a little exception on that particular question, but it, it's fine, right? I mean, that's the way that when she wants to see it. I don't see any, any major problem with that, but when he, sang, when he said to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent, I mean, his, his tongue is what gives expression to uh, his words, but uh, that's not really, it's not really limited to your tongue there. But the point of her discussion there is, really question number three is, what are the three signs of a healthy tongue? What would a healthy tongue be doing? Anybody know? Uh, she's got a few things there that she mentions that what a healthy tongue be doing. Number one is confession of sins, Amen. Uh, you know, in, in, in the church today, uh, not so much in our circles, but there, there is a, a fairly common doctrine going around the, the church that Christians do not have to repent, that Christians do not have to confess their sins. Uh, and the way they, they get around that is, is although 1 John 1, 9 says that, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, the way they get around that verse is, say, is to say that First John was not written to the church, which is really convenient because then they don't have to do anything in First John, which is odd because um, the majority of First John uh, many, many times uh, references the word beloved, right? Uh, my beloved do these things. 
well, who is the beloved of the Lord? The church is, right? It's not the, the Jewish people are the people of God, but, but he, he reserves the beloved to, to be the church. Uh, and so a normal, healthy uh, aspect of a Christian's life should be to confess their sins to the Lord. Amen? In fact, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, he mentions that in several other places, including in James, uh, about confessing your sins one to another. Uh, and um, I, I don't really understand that mentality. You know, I don't understand why, because uh, really it's, it's a grave disservice to tell the church don't ever repent because what's the only thing that can withhold the blessings of God out of your life? Lack of repentance, right? I mean, when you sin, uh, it's not even the sin so much that, that uh, causes it. It's a lack of repentance because if you repent, doesn't he cleanse you from all unrighteousness and restore your fellowship with him? So it's not the sin, it's a lack of repentance, you know. And of course, that's not a license to sin, obviously. Uh, we don't, we don't uh, desire a license to sin. But to tell the church to not repent, that will keep the church in a state that they will that missed out on the blessings of the Lord, still on their way to heaven, uh, because the, uh, a, a specific infraction against the Lord is not what sends you to hell. Uh, what, what's the only sin that will send you to hell? Anybody know? Not accepting the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, it's not about murder and drug addiction and, and uh, robbery and adultery. Those things don't send you to hell. Uh, what sends you to hell is not accepting the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, and there's a lot of controversy even about that. It, does, it shouldn't be controversial, but uh, what's another aspect of a healthy tongue? What else should a healthy tongue be doing? testifying of the Lord Jesus, right? Uh, what has the Lord done for you? Amen. Has the Lord done anything for you? Has he blessed you in any way? Has he given you any revelation? Has he, has he healed you of, of any sickness and disease? Amen. Uh, so testimony of the Lord. Uh, and really, uh, uh, remember what Jesus said that uh, uh, in Acts 1-8, that once you're endued with power from on high, then you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and under the othermost parts of the earth. What's a witness do? A witness testifies of things that they have seen, right? So what have you seen in your life that the Lord has done? So a, a, a valuable uh, aspect of a Christian's life and the use of their tongue would be to testify of the Lord. And the last one that she said, they should be, uh, a tongue should give praise and more praise. And of course, that's why in, in this particular chapter, she spends a lot of time in the book of Psalms uh, to uh, mention some of the praises that the Lord Jesus uh, does. And one, and I would encourage you in your, just in your own personal life, uh, spend a lot of time just praising the Lord. Now, it doesn't have to be in song, right? Because Ephesians talked about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, amen? And some of those are set to music. Some of those are just, uh, 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 some of them are rhyme, uh, rhymes, uh, but uh, some of them are just, just uh, declaring uh, in words of praise the goodness of the Lord, amen? Uh, and so if you're given to song and music, that's fine. If you're given uh, to just worshiping the Lord, you can do that as well. Amen. Uh, and then um, she asked a question in, in question number four is, where can we go where sickness cannot find us? According to Psalm 90, verse one, where can we go? The secret place, right? Uh, who's it a secret from? Is it a secret uh, from, from the Lord? Does he not know where you are? Well, I mean, uh, he knows where you are. What about you? Is it a secret from you? Don't you know where you are? Uh, I mean, you know, you know wherever you are is exactly where you are, right? 
Uh, and so uh, it shouldn't be a secret to you. It's a secret from, from the enemy, amen? He can't find you. Uh, and so uh, we should dwell in a secret place of the Most High God. Uh, and then uh, David, a- after he was healed, the, uh, question number five is after David was healed, what did he encourage the people to do? Praise and sing unto the Lord, right? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, your testimony, uh, he, one of the things she said that to do uh, of a healthy tongue is to testify of the Lord. So it's not testifying of the devil, right? Some people get that wrong. So they think well, testifying is testifying what the devil's been doing in your life. That's not a testimony, amen? That's just a news report. Uh, and a testimony is what has the Lord done for you? And really, you know, uh, from a practical standpoint, uh, your testimony really begins the day that you're saved, right? A lot of people's testimony begins uh, uh, when they first became aware of their own sin uh, and they testify of all the terrible things they did and, and all the things they did on behalf of the devil. And then at the end of it, then, uh, then they got saved. Well, that's great, except, uh, you know, uh, and I don't have a problem with that. Sometimes the context of what you've done is, a, is valuable and helpful to people because it tells them that, whatever you've been involved in, they can get out of as well. But your testimony is we're testifying of the Lord, right? What, is, what has he done, not what have you done on behalf of the devil? And so what has the Lord done for you since you've been saved, amen? Has he healed your body? Has he delivered you from any, from any uh, calamities? Has he watched over you and protected you and kept you safe? What has he done, amen? And so uh, David said after he was healed, then he sang unto the Lord, amen? Uh, and so, again, you know, we're not going to make a, a hard and fast law that you can never mention anything you've ever done before, but sometimes I have observed that people uh, almost take glory in the sin that they committed before they were saved. Uh, and there's no glory in, in anything that you did before you got saved. Even if you didn't sin, there's no glory in that. You know, there's, it, it's, it's really almost irrelevant. You know, like I said, sometimes it is helpful because... Uh, if you see that somebody got out of s- some situation, uh, then you can be encouraged. Well, then if they got out of that situation, I can get out of that situation. So, um, but let your testimony should primarily be what has the Lord done? And I think part of the limitation of the church has been, well, the Lord doesn't really do anything for you after you get saved. So we can only talk about what, what we did before we got saved. Because after you get saved, He's not going to do anything to you till you die, and then you get to go to heaven. So, uh, but that's really, that'd be a sad testimony, right? Hang on the best you can, someday you get to go to heaven. Uh, but that's not really a very great testimony, amen? Uh, the Lord, uh, Paul said, the Lord has delivered us, He is delivering us, and He will yet deliver us. That He covers past, present, and future, amen? Uh, and, uh, and so if the Lord's only done for you things in the past, and He's only going to do stuff for you in the future, then your present situation uh, is, um, is difficult, amen? And yet, doesn't the Bible say that he is an ever-present help in time of need? He's present help, amen? Not a future help. He's a present help. Uh, and so that means that he's a present help when you need healing for your body, when you need soundness for your mind. He's here today, right now, amen? Uh, and so, so, so we can begin chapter 5, then let's turn over to, uh, in the Old Testament, into the book of Malachi, and we'll start there in, in chapter 4. And um, in the Hebrew Bible, there is no Malachi chapter 4. They merge chapter 3 and chapter 4. And so uh, finding things in, 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 a, in the Jewish version of the Old Testament, it's still the same context. 
but uh, it's not divided up into chapters and verses the same as, as our English Bibles are. So, uh, Here in Malachi chapter 4, uh, let's start in, in verse 2. It says, uh, But unto you that uh, fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness rise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Uh, and so who is the Son of righteous, uh, Righteousness that will arise with healing in his wings? Uh, who's this a prophecy for? It's a prophecy for Jesus, right? And so how, how much time uh, transpired from the end of Malachi? Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. How much time expired from the end of Malachi to the beginning of Matthew? Anybody know? How many years was it? About 400 years, right? You think about that. You know, the, Lord, the Lord, I mean, all these prophets from you know, the Old Covenant here, they've been prophesying you know, for the most part almost continuously uh, even during David's reign and then the Solomon's reign and then, and, and then uh, Solomon's children and then the kingdom got divided and then the kingdom got, uh, uh, got conquered. They were brought into captivity, uh, into Babylonian captivity. And a lot of these uh, prophecies, especially this part of the Bible, are written uh, when they're in captive to another country. And then all of a sudden, nothing for hundreds of years, longer than we've been a country there was silence from heaven, right, as far as the direct uh, words written by prophets, amen? No doubt that there were still prophets in that time frame that we are unaware of, uh, but for the most part, the prophecies about the, about the coming of the Lord Jesus ended here, and then that's all we knew, amen? Uh, and then uh, it was prophesied about the Lord Jesus coming, uh, and then, of course, he did come, right? Uh, and so let's turn over to the book of uh, John. Let's look at a couple of verses here. Uh, and so Jesus did come, <clears throat> uh, and it, it says here uh, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And, of course, back in chapter 1 of that same book, it says, That was the true light, verse 9, That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So uh, we do see oftentimes, especially as, even as we progress into the epistles, that light and darkness are, are um, compared and contrasted uh, in, in the Gospels and in the epistles because God is always represented as light and the devil is always represented as darkness. Uh, and so really, you know, darkness, darkness is not a thing, right? You don't, have, you don't go down to the, to the hardware store and get a darkness light, right? There's no, there's no bulb to create darkness. So what is darkness? It's the absence of light, amen? So it's not a thing in and of itself, it's the absence of a thing, right? It's the absence of the Lord. Uh, and that's really the issue with the whole world is they, it's not that they are a thing in and of themselves, even if they follow the devil, uh, they, are, they have an absence of light, amen? So Jesus, of course, is the light, uh, and, and our job, if he's the light, then we should be drawn to the light. Uh, and uh, we mentioned this uh, some this morning in service, that every human being, not just every Christian, but every human being is naturally drawn to the Lord. Uh, and uh, we didn't mention this uh, really this morning, but uh, you know, I, grew up in a, uh, I grew up in a household that was not a Christian household. You know, we didn't go to church. We didn't, uh, we didn't pray before our meals. We didn't uh, have discussions of theology or anything. Uh, 
We did, by law, because we were Catholic in, in name only, we did watch the Ten Commandments every year, right? Because that was, you were required to watch that every year. Uh, we never watched, uh, I think we maybe watched Ben-Hur once or twice, but I didn't really get Ben-Hur because I, I didn't know the context of, of any of that story. Uh, but we did watch the Ten Commandments every year, amen? Uh, but we were not a Christian family. We didn't, have, we didn't uh, live by Christian principles. Uh, we weren't terrible people. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you measure that, right? We did do a lot of uh, shoplifting and, you know, there was a lot of cussing and a lot of smoking and drinking and sleeping around and, you know, resting. I guess maybe we were, I don't know, but <laughs> well, I'm not here to judge my family, but, um, uh, but we were sure not raised as a Christian family. And yet, as a child, I remember in elementary school, first or second grade, uh, praying to the Lord, desiring to know the Lord, not knowing the Lord, but desiring to know the Lord. And, uh, th and that went on for years, you know, first grade, second grade, third, I got up to sixth grade. And um, uh, in, when, I, when I was in fifth grade, actually, uh, my, the doctor told my father, you need to leave uh, the Northeast and go somewhere warmer because, you know, you would have freezing cold winters. He'd be out there to the snowblower, anybody remember snowblowers? We brought our snowblower to Tennessee in, in case, you know, we might need it. Uh, uh, do you ever need a snowblower in Tennessee? Nobody needs a snowblower in Tennessee, right? Uh, and so it's like owning an air conditioner in Alaska. Nobody needs, it, nobody needs an air conditioner in Alaska, but, uh, but we brought it to Tennessee anyway. So, uh, but I remember him asking us, do you want to move to Tennessee? Uh, and, and I thought, because again, we were uh, a large Catholic family. We had 11 kids in the family. And uh, if you have 11 kids in the family, you, you watch the Waltons, right? Anybody remember the Waltons? <laughs> And you watch the Waltons, and they were, they were this uh, uh, southern family that was large like us, poor like us, you know, dirt poor like us. Uh, but they went to church. Every Sunday they went to church. And so I, my assumption as an as a elementary school student was that, well, everybody in Tennessee goes to church because that's the Waltons. If the Waltons went to church, everybody went to church because that was the law. And, and so, so I'm thinking as a child, I get to move to Tennessee and then I get to go to church. So that's my thinking. Uh, and so, uh, because I was drawn to the Lord, I, I have always been drawn to the Lord, always wanted to know the Lord. Uh, we had, I don't know even where we got it, but we had some, some book, it was like a, a, um, a like Bible story book, but it wasn't really Bible stories, but they were Christian stories, you know, just like, I, I, the only story I remember out of the book was some child that was sick and had a visitation from an angel. Uh, and that's the only, I don't, I don't know where the story was, if it was based on a true story, just made up a story, but it was, uh, but I would read that book, and, and nobody in my family uh, knew anything about the book, uh, I don't even know where we got the book, uh, I'm sure we shoplifted it from somewhere, and, and so, uh, it's a good chance we did that, and so, uh, but that's okay, amen, uh, and so the Lord's not going to hold it against anybody, but, uh, and so, so we did, what we did, we moved to Tennessee, and um, uh, within a short time, we, we, we were there at the end of the, my fifth grade, and so not long after that, we started summer school or summer, uh, and, uh, and this white van pulls up. He says, hey, we're with the local church. We're having vacation Bible school. Can we, uh, can we abduct your children and take them to, Bible, to vacation Bible school? And my raising up to that point was the answer to every question I asked my parents was no. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. Can I have friends over? No. Can I go stay? No. Can I, you know, can I have dessert? No. Can I have some? I, no. It was just no. It was just that's all I knew was no. Uh, and, then I, and then I became a Christian, and then everything was yes. All the promises of God are in him what? Yes. 
You know, you have to untrain yourself. Growing up, everything is no. To become a Christian, everything is yes. You have to change your mentality to, to do that because you know, a lot of people never, never make that transition. They were told, like I was as a child, everything was no. And I know people from the pulpit. They say, you know, when, you're, uh, when, I, when I take my kids to the store, first thing I tell them is don't ask for anything. And, and a- almost adamant about it. And, and, uh, and now that's when I first had kids, when they were young, I was the same way. No, just no. Everything was no. And, 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 and I never thought about it. You ever thought about it? Never thought about it. And then one day they're jumping on the bed. And why do kids jump on beds? It's a lot of fun. You ever jumped on a bed? I mean, when you're two, three, it's a lot of fun, especially king-size bed. You can't fall off and get hurt. You're in the middle of a king-size bed. But still, no, don't do that. And, and, and in that particular moment, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, why would you tell him no? And, and, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's my job. My job is to just tell my kids no. Isn't that you? Right? Just no. You can't have anything. No. And, and you know, like I said, from the pulpit, people would get up and say, when, you take, you know, when I take my kids to the store, first thing I tell them, don't ask for anything. And the Lord, and the Lord said, he said, well, how many times do I tell you no? And, and then, you know, of course, all the scriptures start coming up. All the problems of God are in him. Yes, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened up to you. And so all these scriptures keep coming in my heart. And I'm like, well, technically, Lord, if I'm living in your perfect will, the answer is always yes. The answer is never no. It's not, you know, yes sometimes and no sometimes. Don't you hear people say that from the pulpit? Well, you know, God, if you ask God for something, sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes, you know, I have something better for you. I like that one. Sometimes I have something better for you. You never get the better, but, you know, it's out there somewhere in the, in the great by and by. But that's not Bible. He said, 2 Corinthians 1.20, that all the promises of God are in him what? So how many promises? All are in him. So who's the him? It's Jesus, what he's done for us. So because of what Jesus did, all the promises are the answer. When you ask the question, does this promise belong to me? What's the answer? Yes. How often is the answer yes? Every single time. So the Lord said, the Lord said, uh, um, why are you saying no? And, and, and you know, I was sincere. I thought, I thought that was my job. Uh, and so uh, the Lord said, you've got you to change. Because if I take my kids to the store and I always tell them no, and, then they, and they eventually become an adult, what's the first thing they're going to think of when they ask the Lord a question? The answer is no. And in fact, uh, the likelihood of them even asking the Lord for something is low because all they've been told their life is don't ask. And so I really had to change my mentality. And so what I did instead was start training them with an ask correctly. Because uh, James says, you, you have not because you ask not, and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask incorrectly. Ask for something that you shouldn't have asked for to begin with. Uh, and so, you know, for example, one time, it wasn't very often, but one time one of the kids asked, can, can we skip church and go to a concert? Not a Christian concert, just a, a concert. You know, it wasn't a terrible concert. Uh, but I said, the answer is no. And I said, you should have never asked for that to begin with. That's not the will of God for you to skip church and do something that's, that's not related to the Lord during that time frame. Uh, and so, um, so what, I, what I started to do was training them. And so really what I had to learn was if my kids ask for something, it's my responsibility to give it to them. And some people say that's spoiling them, but it's not spoiling them. If you train them right, because he said train up a child in the way they should go. And so I'm actually training them the correct way because, so we'd go to like Lowe's. And I remember when Jared was just small, we'd go to Lowe's 
and the, the, the people at Lowe's, they were really smart. They put all the, the kid books this high. You walk in, you don't even see them. But they don't even exist. But to a four-year-old, they exist, right? To, to well, of course, he was, that was, uh, what, uh, six, seven years ago. So he was a, uh, a young teenager, right? And I think he was uh, 12 or 13 when we started coming here a lot. Uh, and so we'd go to Lowe's, and he, can I have one of those books? And then, you know, the little hammer books, you know, they got a little hammer, the rancher screwdriver in them and stuff, just for their kid books. And he said, can I have one? And so, you know, my response was, are you going to read it? Because some kids can be selfish, they just want, 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 right? And so they're not being trained, they're, being, they're trained to be selfish. And so I, I would, are you going to read it? And he would say, yes. And, and so, well, then the, if, you, if you say yes, then the answer for me is yes. Amen. If you do what you're supposed to do, then the answer from me has to be yes. Now, like grandparents, they don't really have that responsibility. Just, the answer is just yes anyway. It's just, it doesn't even matter, right? Can they have a pink elephant? They'll go find a pink elephant. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. They don't try to train anybody, right? I mean, I, I, my kids, you know, they, they went to grandmother's house and what uh, the day ever, I don't think they ever heard the word no, right? And all the years they were with grandmother, right? Can, can we eat uh, six bars of ice cream for supper? Sure, you know, have an ice cream and go ahead, you know? Uh, and and uh, can we have corn dogs for breakfast? Yeah, no problem, you know, corn dogs for breakfast to everybody, you know, uh, and that's fine, right? But, uh, but it wasn't her job to raise my kids. It was my job to raise the kids. So. But, but they learned that if they asked the right way, the answer was almost uh, without exception, yes. And you can ask them, how, tell me how many times your parents said no. Uh, and, and so, uh, well, and that's not spoiling them. People say it's spoiling them. But that's just because you're not training them, amen, uh, because they start asking for things not to say. So all the, the whole point of that was somehow it was a miracle that my parents said yes. And my mom said yes, that, that, that these people in this unmarked white van can take my kids away and don't even know where. They, she didn't even know where we were going, you know, just going to a church. I, didn't, I mean, it could have been, it could have been in, in Mexico for all we know. But we just got in this van and they took us to church and it was terrible. And it was uh, vacation Bible school and. And it was really like, uh, we're going to act like you're all our adults. You know, I'm 12 years old. You know, and nobody asked us to get saved. Nobody said it was a, uh, uh, how you got saved. And I'm pretty sure it was one of the churches that don't really believe that you can get saved. Uh, you, the, 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 it was the kind of church that you just had to be there at the church and take up a spot on, the, on one of the pews, and that got you saved. Not even, you know, uh, and, and so nobody asked me if I want to get saved. So as a, uh, as a 12-year-old, my assumption was, well, I've gone to church now, and, and I'm assuming that every church is exactly like that, and it was terrible and boring, and so I, didn't, I just thought, well, I guess I, don't, I guess I don't go to church because it was terrible. And it wasn't until many years later that I finally did get saved you know, and accepted the Lord because even during that time, I still wanted the Lord. I still wanted to, to know the Lord. But, and I'd gone to church, and you'd think if you go to church, that's where you should get your answers, right? I mean, that seems fairly reasonable if you're going to go to church they would tell you how to get saved but it didn't happen and so my assumption was I would never learn how to get saved at church uh, but I did get saved that somebody on tv said how to do it and, and I got saved so so Jesus is the light every human being on the earth is drawn to that light right uh, and and so as Christians uh, we need to be drawn to the to the light he's the son of righteousness amen, amen. not just the son s-o-n but the son of righteousness uh, you know, he's the blazing hot sun, amen? Uh, and, and we are drawn to the sun. And, and you, you ever seen like, uh, anybody seen like sunflowers? You know, it's the big, big flowers, the stalks on them, and, and they got the big uh, sunflower heads on them. 
Well, if you, if you look at it, those, those, the, the heads of those sunflowers will turn towards the sun, uh, and, and they will face the sun. They, they are drawn towards the sun uh, and to get the, the maximum amount of light that they can. Well, we as Christians should be drawn to the sun. Amen. We should be drawn to light. Now, and any Christian that doesn't like light, they, they probably need to get saved. Amen. Because some Christians, they still prefer the darkness of the world. Uh, and it's odd. Uh, and, and, you know, even some preachers sometimes will say, you know, all you Christians, you don't need to act so holy and, and act like, you know, that you don't ever do anything. And there's nothing wrong with being a Christian. There's nothing wrong with acting like a Christian. There's nothing wrong with not sinning. Amen. There's nothing wrong with, you know, people. Uh, I've had Christians look down upon me. Because, you know, what would you do before you say, well, I've never smoked. Well, you know, what kind of a Christian are you that never smoked? <laughs> it's, uh, there's nothing wrong. Amen. There's nothing wrong with not ever smoking. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Now, look, if you have smoked in the past, if you curly, I could care less. It doesn't matter to me. Amen. It, uh, it's none of my business. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with you not being a sinner as a Christian. Amen. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, you know, I, I, I cuss some other time, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't cuss a whole lot. You know, you know, I don't ever cuss. We've been married for 33. My wife has never heard a cuss word coming out of my mouth. Amen. I did try that when I was 12 and got, uh, had to quit because I was so bad at it. Uh, but, uh, but I wasn't even saved. Uh, but I still, you know, I just, why don't you cuss? I, well, number one, it's not in me. You know, if it's not in you, it's not going to come out of you. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth does what? Speak. And so if, if, if you're cussing, you know why you're cussing? Because it's in you. Uh, you know why you're mean? Because it's in you. Don't people act like, well, I couldn't help it. It's in you. It's, that's why it's there. That's why you did it. Amen. That's why you cussed. You hit your... Uh, I, I was with a, a person who called himself an evangelist, and we were help, I was helping him do something in his house. He hit his thumb with a hammer, and, and, and all the wallpaper came off the walls. You know, blankety, blank, 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 blank. blank. It's like, well, you know, now we've got to put all the wallpaper back on the walls because you cussed it off the wall. And, and I'm, well, why is that in you? you need to, it's okay to not be a carnal person as a Christian. Amen? I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus. I'm not ashamed to act like a Christian. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not going to feel bad because I don't get involved in your sin. Even in the church, people tell dirty jokes. I, I'm not going to be involved in that. People gossip about people. People run down other ministers. I can't believe they got an airplane. Who cares? You're, you're just jealous. It's, it's just envy and jealousy that you say, you know, well, I can't believe they're spending all that money. Uh, you know, people uh, uh, complain about like the brother Copeland having a jet airplane. Well, he flew over, remember when, uh, when they had some of the problems in the Middle East, he flew over there and, and on his own dime brought back hundreds of people on, on his dime on his own airplane. How many people did you pay to fly back over to America? Uh, that's probably zero, right? Anybody in here actually bought an airplane ticket for somebody trying to get out of the Middle East, I think it was Afghanistan, and just brought them over here on their own dime? I didn't do that. So if he did one of them, he did more than I did. Yeah. And, and it, but it's just irrelevant, amen? And so let's stay in the light. It's okay to stay in the light. If you like the darkness as a Christian, uh, you know, you might want to check up on your relationship with the Lord Jesus. I hate darkness. Uh, in fact, in my house, uh, when I grew up, man, we, we didn't like light. We, we became dark. It was dark in the house. It was dark everywhere. And we, you know, you turn the light on, they, they fuss at you for turning the light, light bulb on. Uh, I mean, you go to my house at, at, at 8 p.m. when it's dark outside, it's like the sun. You know, every light's on, you know. We got, we got, you know, every LED light on. I don't care. Just turn them all on. And, and, and um, I don't care. It's just, you know, I'll pay for the electricity. 
I mean, you know, remember they used to call it the light bill because that's all they had. All, the only thing that was electric was a light bulb. They called it light bill. That's why they call it because there's nothing else with electric. Now everything's electric, but I, I like light. I like, I like being in light. I like acting like, like it's light everywhere in my life. I don't want to be in the darkness. I don't want to hide somewhere uh, and be without light. Amen? Because he is the sun of righteousness, the blazing hot sun of righteousness, perfectly fine. And for any minister that would say otherwise, you know, you, you wonder, are they even saved? Amen? And, and, but some ministers, you know, you shouldn't talk like a Christian. You say things like righteousness and stuff. Jesus never seemed to have a problem acting like a Christian. I know he wasn't technically a Christian. He was the Christ, obviously, right? But he never had a problem acting like he was righteous. He's literally called the son of righteousness, amen? Now, and so we, we, should, we should be drawn to the light because that's where healing is, right? Because he said, he said he is the son of righteousness. He will arise with healing in his wings. Your healing is going to be found in the light, not in some dark alley somewhere, amen? The supernatural healing of the, of the Lord. Uh, if you don't like that, you can go to Mexico and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll cut you up real cheap down in Mexico. And, you know, you want to go to Mexico to get, I don't care, you do whatever you want to, right? But, uh, but I like the light, amen? You should be drawn to the light. You should be okay living in the light, amen? All the blessings of the Lord will be found in the light of God, not in the darkness of the world. Uh, and so then she, she has a story about, um, he was actually a Baptist minister, who had, uh, uh, it's pretty a gross story, I'll let you read the story yourself, uh, but he had a, a lot of infection in his mouth. Uh, and the doctors basically said, you know, there's nothing we can do. This was back in the time when, when a lot of uh, things, uh, especially in the area of surgery, they didn't really know how to do it, amen? Uh, and, and so uh, the way they figured it out was, well, let's try it. And then someone died, they go, uh, make a note, that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> Let's do something different next time, right? And so, you know, when you go get, ask the doctor, how many times have you done this? Well, you're going to be the first. You should run, amen? If you're the first, you should go somewhere else, amen? Well, I don't, I don't want to try this to see if it works, you know? Well, don't try it on me. Try it on the other guys, you know? And once you've done it a hundred times, then, then I want to hear about it, amen? But the fella, you know, this is when the time, of course, she was a medical doctor, right? And that's the perspective from her uh, writings as a medical doctor is interesting because she likes a lot of these stories, especially medical-related stories. Uh, but the doctors told him that they couldn't operate, there's nothing they could do about it. Uh, and so they said, well, we have a new doctor on the case. Uh, and they said, the Lord Jesus. Uh, in fact, one, uh, several translations of I am thy healer, right? Exodus 15, 26, where he said, the Lord said, I am thy healer. It's the word, Greek word or Hebrew word for Rapha. Uh, a lot of translations were things like, uh, I am the Lord thy surgeon, or I am the Lord thy physician, amen, because that's what he does. If you're, if you're sick, who do you need? You need a physician, amen. Uh, and so he is a healer, but he's also your surgeon. He is also uh, your physician. And so they have a new doctor in the case, uh, and they came to uh, Dr. Yeomans, because she had, uh, she called it a healing, a healing house, and uh, you could only go if you were diagnosed with a terminal situation. So, you know, toe aches, no, you're not qualified. You know, I got a headache, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, doctor said, I'm gonna die, we'll let you in. Uh, uh, and so, because she, you know, her, her goal, she knew the medical history and she knew, she knew medicine, but her goal was to get people supernaturally healed. And so she would start them on a regimen of the word. Uh, and because the Bible says that uh, it, it's, it's, it's medicine to your body. Amen. 
The Word of God is medicine to your body. And so uh, it's amazing to me how absolutely diligent people will be to take a pill from a bottle. Well, what, what scriptures are you standing on? Well, I don't know, just, just God is good. You know, well, where, where's that in the Bible? Well, it's just somewhere in there, right? It's, it's in like hesitations, you know, uh, 12-1. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's in there somewhere. Well, what's, what's the medicine called? And they'll give you a 16-syllable word of the medication. They can tell you that, but they don't, they don't even know where Exodus 15.26 is, right? Well, where is Exodus 15.26? Well, it's right after Exodus 15.25, right? And so uh, but they can tell you everything about their doctor, everything about their medication, everything about their prescription, well, how many times did it? Oh, it's got to be exactly at 4.30 p.m. and, and at, and at 6.15 a.m. And, and, and I got an alarm set. You know, I, I do it every day. I don't miss it. Well, when was the last Bible verse that you read? Well, I, you know, I don't know. The, the preacher said something on Sunday about something. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, we should be, uh, if we would show the same diligence towards the Word of God, as we do them. And now I got no problem. Look, if the doctor says take it, then take it. I got no problem with that at all. Amen. None. Zero problem at all. I, you know, I don't think, I don't think bad about you. Oh, he's just judging me because I'm, no, I, in, in fact, do it. Amen. If, if, if you're going to go to the doctor, then do what the doctor says. I am, you know, I've had people go to the doctor. I ain't doing that. Well, why don't you do Based on your, how many years of medicine have you gone to? Well, you know, I was sick last year and, and I was fine. Uh, so, so, Based on that, you're not going to do what the doctor said? No, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. How, based on what? Well, I, I watched that show on TV, you know, and, and, uh, and that happened on the, on the TV show, and they, they, they were okay. It's like, you know, it's made up, right? Uh, and so uh, people will be their own doctors oftentimes, but, but she would do that. She would start them on a regimen of the Word. Go read the Word. Well, I don't believe it. Read it again. Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. Read it again. And, you know, I have, over the years, I've told just not many people, but certain people, when the Lord uh, gives me that revelation for them, I said, these are, these are your verses. Read them. And then I ask them, hey, have you read those verses? Well, no, I did, I did the first day. I mean, you know, I do have a doctor. I'm a doctor, right? I'm not a medical doctor, but I'm a doctor. My, I prescribed you a, a, a medicine to take it daily. Well, I, I took it, well, I almost took it one day. Uh, <laughs> But I haven't taken it since then, and, and really I haven't taken it at all. But, you know, but why won't the Lord heal me? I mean, you know, it's like sometimes you're like, dummy, just, you know, do, do what the Word says. Uh, and so, but that, that's what she would do. No, medic, no medication. Sometimes, uh, uh, I don't know if, they, if she ever would give me any medication for comfort or anything. Uh, and she was real wary about that because she was addicted to morphine and then a couple other uh, medications that, that uh, she nearly died from it. And that's really how she got recovered, how she kind of started on a path to being a person who taught healing because as a medical doctor, she's a medical doctor and knew not to be addicted to these pills, but once she got addicted to them, she didn't know how to get out of it and tried every way in the world except for God, which, you know, is, is how we as human beings try to become God is they're going to try everything on their own without actually asking the Lord to supernaturally intervene in their life. And so, so, she gave uh, her prescription for this man was Malachi 4.2. Uh, and again, it says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Uh, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And so did Jesus arise? 
he did. He came, he came out of obscurity from, from, from Bethlehem to Nazareth uh, and uh, became the great heal, uh, healer of the earth and, and had, came with healing in his wings. Amen? Uh, and so that was the scripture that the Lord gave to her to give to them. Uh, and so, you know, so, it's not always, but sometimes the Lord will speak a special word to you. It's from the Bible, but it's a special word. Sometimes Malachi 4.2, sometimes Exodus 15.26. Whatever the verse is, if that's your verse by revelation, then that's your verse. Amen. That's the verse. And many times in, over the years, the Lord has spoken to me a specific verse from my circumstance. Not always. Sometimes it's just, I just have to have faith. Uh, you know, it's always, you can, you can always have faith in the word without any supernatural intervention. But sometimes the Lord is gracious that he'll give you a special word for you. But the word's always based from the word. Amen. It's, it's a word, but it's, it's almost always a verse from the Bible. This word is, is the solution to your particular problem. And so you cling to that, uh, and that's what the Lord gave to her for this man with the, with the, uh, uh, the infection in his mouth. Uh, and so he started believing it. But that, that very night, uh, it said that he woke and, and that infection had left his body and, and uh, 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 he became perfectly well. Uh, and then it said that, uh, and the story goes, that he started skipping around like a, like, like a, a young colt and uh, the Lord reminded his wife about Malachi 4.2, where, where it talks about being um, uh, a calf in the stall, you know, where a baby calf is, is, you ever seen baby calves? They skip around, skip and hop around a lot. Well, that's what the Lord reminded her, that that's the joy that the husband received because of his healing caused him to react that way. Uh, and so, and, and that's a good thing, amen? We should have joy uh, when the Lord uh, is gracious to, to provide us his healing, amen? Uh, and then uh, let's turn over to Matthew 23 and see uh, what, he's, what the Lord Jesus says there. Of course, Matthew 23 is just before uh, the Lord goes to, uh, goes to the cross and um, uh, near the end of the chapter there, or about the middle of the chapter there, in verse 23, uh, or not 23, in verse uh, 37, so that is near the end of the chapter. So, uh, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killeth the prophets and stoneth them that which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered uh, thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Uh, you know, the Lord Jesus, he was the creator of the world. He came into the world as the God of the world. Of course, he didn't operate that way. He, he operated as, as a, really as a prophet under the old covenant. But he was still the creator of the world uh, there in existence with them. And more than anything, he desired for the whole city of Jerusalem, which was the center of the, uh, the Jewish uh, religion, he wanted more than anything for them to come to him. And, and because he came as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. I have come to you. Right? The, the prophecy was prophesied 400 years before he came that, that the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And he came and, he, and, he came, and fulfilled that, that prophecy. He came with healing in his wings uh, and, and he wanted to gather them together like, uh, like a, a mother hen would gather the chicks uh, under her for protection and, and to care for them. Uh, and he said, you would not. He, I, I did my part, but you would not do your part. I came like I said I would come. I came with the power that I said I would have, uh, and, I, and I brought healing to you, and you still rejected me. Uh, and, and, and he wept over them, right? He, he wept over uh, over Jerusalem because he saw uh, the alternative is to stay for them to stay in, in their darkness and to stay in their sickness and disease. 
And it grieves the heart of God when he sees his people not accept his blessings, amen, not pursue his blessings, because there's fullness of joy in his blessings, and yet uh, how often do, do we reject the Lord? And he says, I, I want to bring you uh, in, into uh, my fold uh, as a mother hen would, would watch over her children. I desire to do the same thing for you, to bring you in here and protect you and watch over you uh, and to care for you. Uh, and even today, that's his desire. That all of us, he desires for us to be drawn to him like that, like he is our protector, like he is the one that watches over us. That's his desire. He can't make us do it. He won't make us do it, but he still desires it. Amen. You ever, you ever had, uh, you know, if you've had children, you know exactly what that means. You know exactly how it feels, where uh, you desire for your kids to obtain help, and you know you can help them, and yet they still won't come to you for help. And it grieves your heart. It, it, it grieves your heart to see them uh, fail or to be harmed or to do things that, that uh, you know is not good for them, knowing that you could help them. And they know that you could help them, and they still won't come. Uh, and it, it, it's one of the hardest things as a parent to see that, amen, amen to see your children to not, uh, not pursue the help that they have. Because, you know, we're all stupid, and we all think that we know what to do, right? And we think, oh, I don't need my parents, you know, and uh, I can do this on my own. Yeah, and and I, I don't understand that mentality. As a child of God, I've always wanted to be around people that, that know more than me, amen? We were talking about this just earlier about how um, you know, some people think that you can only help me if you have failed in the same way that I've failed. And, and that is not scriptural at all. Amen? You don't have to fail to help me. Because when I got born again as a teenager, I pursued people that were successful. I could care less what they were before that. I, could care, I, didn't, I didn't care that they were failures before they were successes. Because some people, you know, they get born again early. They, they don't have time to fail uh, very well. They're not very successful at failure. Uh, and, and they just had a good life. They were successful in, in their relationship with the Lord and their marriages and their businesses and their ministries. And, and, and that's who I wanted to follow. I wanted to follow their success. I didn't care if they had failures before or if they didn't have failures before. That was irrelevant to me. I want to know, what are you like today? If you are successful today, then that's somebody I want to follow. Uh, and and uh, there are a lot of people who get involved with things, you know, maybe they were abused as a child, abused even as a young adult. And they think that their job is to go and help other people that are abused in that same way. That's not, that's not, that's not a requirement. You do not have to be abused to help people that have been abused. You don't have to be a drug addict, have been a drug addict in the past to help people that are drug addicts today. You don't have to have been an alcoholic to help people that, were alcohol, that are alcoholics today. That's not scriptural. Jesus was none of those things, yet isn't he the great counselor? The Holy Spirit is literally called the counselor. Amen? How many, how many drug addictions has the Holy Spirit gone through and got dried out? The Holy Spirit's not been through any of those things. Amen? Is he, cause he not, could he not be your counselor? He could be your counselor. Amen? He's perfectly qualified to be your counselor. Amen? Uh, how many, how many uh, uh, arrest warrants had, did the Lord Jesus have uh, before he went to the cross? Well, none. So does that mean he can't help people that have been in jail? I think Jesus is pretty capable of helping people that have been in jail. Amen? Uh, and so uh, uh, we don't need to elevate our failures as a requirement to assist other people. Amen? If you know the Word of God, see, I could help anybody. Uh, and I don't say that in a bragging sense. Nobody, there's nobody in the world I couldn't help. 
because I know what the Word of God says. You want to be successful? I'll just tell you what the Word says. Uh, you know, I remember years ago, just when I was growing up spiritually, just, uh, you know, I, uh, my pastor was there. My pastor was a great help in my life. And I think, you know, I've got this problem. I need, I need to go see the pastor. And I think about it. Well, if I go see him, he's going to tell me this verse right here, this verse right here, this verse. Then I don't need to go because the Word of God would rise up. But it would rise up because I think, well, if I go to him, he's going to tell me the Word. But what Word would apply in this situation? And the Spirit of God would, would give me, you know, whatever number of verses. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just do that. And, and I got to a point where it wasn't that I, I didn't need him. I needed him because he's the one who taught me how to do that. He's the one who taught me that the Word of God is sufficient. Uh, and so I would think, well, what's my answer? Well, the answer is always the Word. The answer is always the Word. Amen? The Spirit of God can reveal specific words to you, but the answer is always going to be found first and foremost in the Word. Amen? So the Lord desired to bring the people into him, right? Uh, to bring the people under him uh, and to show them how much he loved them. And, and there's no difference today. He, he longed to, all of us, for all of us to come to him and to seek his help. Uh, he never said that uh, once I leave and, and I, you get saved, you're good. You, you don't need any more help the rest of your life. He put the spirit of God in us. Uh, uh, he said that he called him the comforter but if you look up the Greek word for comforter, he said, I will send you a comforter. But if you look up the Greek word comforter, it's, it means comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. All of those things are there because you are incapable of doing those by yourself. Amen. So if he's your comforter, you don't have the ability to comfort yourself. Amen. People call it comfort food. It's not really that comfortable, right? Meatloaf. I mean, they call meatloaf comfort food, right? You know, I love meatloaf. But I don't eat me little for go, man, I'm, I'm good now. I'm, I, I was a little agitated before, but I ate, a, I ate the entire loaf. Man, I'm chill now. I'm good. I, I never take meatloaf as medicine. Amen? I, I'm going to go, I, I'm feeling a little anxious. So if I go eat me about, you know, uh, half a pound of meatloaf, man, I'll be chill, right? It, you know, I, this, this not, I, I don't believe in comfort food, right? Uh, uh, but, but he's your counselor. You need wisdom? Who knows more than God? You know, one a phrase my pastor said a lot of times, he said, there's nobody smarter than the Holy Ghost. And that's a great phrase. Nobody's smarter than the Holy Ghost. He's, he's, you know, he's smarter than you. I know that for some people it's like, really? He's smarter than me? I mean, I know everything. You know, you really know nothing. You're really, you know, you, you, got, you got a brick here, just a, a brick, and maybe you're one step above a brick. Maybe. Some people... About the same as brick, right? About as bright as brick, right? But, that, but he's, your, he's your counselor. He knows everything. He's your helper. He's your advocate. You know, when the devil comes and says, you're no, you're no count, you're unworthy, your, your advocate, which is your lawyer, will go, uh, I object. Uh, I, I've paid for the, the, the sins of this person. They are no longer unworthy. I would like to, to raise an objection. I'm, the, I'm this person's advocate, the lawyer. Uh, uh, I object, Your Honor. Uh, and, of course, he would never call the devil Your Honor, but, uh, but he's your advocate, amen? amen. Uh, uh, and so he's your intercessor. He will pray for you. He does pray for you, right? He prays for us. He prays for the world. Uh, he's your strengthener. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, people, I'll just, I'll just do it on my own. And it, why would you do that? People think that they can just do everything on their own. And, then, of course, they call, well, you know, these Christians, you know, Christianity is a crutch. Like, that's so dumb. It's not a crutch. It's like me and, and the Lord Jesus can literally do anything. Amen. So why would I not want that? Because you are limited by yourself. You, you, ever, you ever needed help to do something? 
And, and it's like you just you need one more hand. Yeah. And now he's your helper. He's not your doer. He's your helper. That means you've got to partner with him. Amen. You, you do, well, just do it for me, Lord. I'll sit back and do nothing. This, you didn't say that. He said he's your helper, right? It means you've got your part, and he's got his part, and only can you, you together do it. A lot of people just, Lord, just, just do whatever you want to, Lord. He never said that. He said, I will, I will help you. And so if you're not willing, of course, people say, well, you know, uh, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. You know, it's not really a Bible verse. It's not, it's not a Bible that God helps those who help themselves. Amen. It's not, that's the wrong mentality, right? Uh, uh, and so my thoughts is he's my partner. If he's my helper, then he's, he's going to, uh, he's one that's called alongside together with against. That's part of the other definition of, of, of comforter. One that's called along beside together with, together with against whatever you're trying to deal with. Amen. But if you don't want him to be your helper, then, you know, but he's your, he's your, he's your strengthener. And he's your standby. Uh, anybody who's seen these generators, right? They call that standby power. Uh, and, and they're wired up in such a way that if the electricity ever even blips, it's for like, like so many milliseconds they have to turn it on so there's no loss of power. So even a computer won't, won't go down if the electricity blips. If that generator is set up correctly as a standby power, power source, there'll be no uh, interruption in service. If, if you have good standby power, amen? Uh, and that's what he is. He, he's your standby power. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. People, people just, you know, they get so prideful about, well, I can just do this on my own. And it just, it's just so ignorant that people would say things like that. And it's embarrassing because it's factually untrue. You know, it, it's historically untrue. You literally cannot do it, uh, it by yourself, Amen. And, but some people, I'll just do it by myself. You know, I did it my way, right? Well, how'd that work out for, for old blue eyes, right? Uh, you know, uh, it, it didn't work out well, so well for him, right? He died of sickness and disease. Uh, and so, you know, I did it my way. Well, well that's not big. You know, well, let me see your way. Well, I don't want to die like that. I mean, who, who wants that? You want that? You want to die of sickness and disease? Yeah, you did it your way. Well, that's really not impressive, right? I want to do it his way and live a life uh, full, uh, full, uh, full of joy and free from sickness and disease. I like his way better, better than my way. And yet people, are, you know, sometimes we're, I wonder about, it's amazing to me that humanity has survived as long as we have, right? That we haven't become extinct, you know, like the dodo bird, right? The dodo bird, there's no more dodo birds in the world. At least they say that, but it's not true. I mean, you go to the mirror and about half the day, you see a dodo right there. You look in the mirror, there's a dodo bird, right? And you're not extinct. You're here breathing air. And so uh, it, it's, uh, uh, it's perfectly fine to allow the Lord to be our helper. Amen? Don't ever get so prideful that, well, I just do it my way. It's, 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 so, it, it's, it's not only prideful, it's just dumb. It, it's, just, it's so dumb for us to think that. Amen? You, are, you came from dirt. You know that, right? You, we, we were made, humanity was made from dirt. So that, that's the level of your competence right there, right? You go outside to the ground and go, that's it right there. That's just, that's, the greatest accomplishment is, is I'm dirt. Uh, and if you, could, if you could understand that, then, well, then we all need help. I mean, and some of you need a lot of help, right? Uh, and so, uh, and that's okay. Amen? It, it's, it should be okay for us to need help. Now, look, if you're, I, I, I know what, when, when I was my pastor, there were some folks that they, all they do were getting counseling every time. 
for years, right? Years counseling. And if it helped them a, a, a minute, you know, it's like, why are you still so mean? I mean, you're, after all these years, you're still mean. You've got all these years of counseling and you're still mean. Now, well, it never took, right? There's nothing wrong with, with getting counseling, but, you know, uh, what, they were, what they were forgetting is that the Lord is our helper. He's not our doer. He will not do your Christian walk for you. You've got to do your own Christian walk for you. Amen. Uh, and, and so let's, let's not, you know, let's not grieve. Grieve the Lord, the, the heart of the Lord Jesus for Jerusalem not to want to come to him. It grieved him. Right? He, he, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Uh, he, you can just hear his heart uh, as, as he's talking to the city, uh, the, 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 the core, the central place of the Jewish religion. It just grieved him that, uh, that they wouldn't come to him. Amen? Uh, and so let's go to the Lord. Uh, let's allow the Lord to be our helper. Amen? Uh, and look, uh, you know, I've got all kinds of education and skills and abilities and things. I've got no problem at all thinking I need a lot of help. I mean, every day I think, Lord, I need, I need so much help. It's just embarrassing sometimes. Uh, just help to be the person that I desire to be. And, and I have no problem thinking that. I have no problem thinking I need help. Uh, I, I never think, you know, Lord, I got this. That's the, last, that's the last thing I think, Lord, I got this. First thing I think is, Lord, how, how are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do to improve this? Uh, how are we going to fix this? Because I always bring him in on it. I don't say, how are you going to do it? I always say, how are we going to do it? Because he's my helper. He's not my doer. Amen? Uh, and so are we okay with that? Are we okay allowing the Lord to be what his role is in our life? Amen? Uh, don't, don't ever let the devil uh, isolate you. Uh, and say, well, you know, nobody wants to be around you. You know, nobody, wants, nobody likes you. Uh, whatever, whatever, you know, uh, you need to do this on your own. You, do got to, you got to do this on your own. You're going to get out of it on your own. That's the dumbest thing. Uh, who cares how you got in on it? Let the Lord help you get out of it. Amen. Uh, and then, and then uh, see, it brings joy to his heart when we allow him in our life, in every area of our life, whatever the area of our life. You know, just, uh, just you know, when I was growing up, uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, this may be hard for you to, to understand, but I used to have a lot of anger issues. Just mad all the time, you know. That's the way I was raised. Just mad all the time, fighting all the time, you know, in school, fight, fight, school fights all the time. Just, just like beside yourself kind of anger, right? Just, just blah, you know, you're, you're, I mean, you just look you're, you're like you're an insane person. Uh, and and I, would, I would do that on occasion, have fits, right? Just fits of anger. Uh, and I got saved, and, and, and over the years, it's just, it's just gone. You know, just, and even my kids sometimes, they'll say, Dad's mad. And I tell them, you don't even know what mad is. Uh, you've seen me mad. When I get mad, I just, I just get quiet, right? I stop talking. Because it, it's wisdom to stop talking when you're mad, amen? It's better to not say anything when you're mad, amen? Uh, and so, Dad's mad. It's like, you don't even know what mad is. You want to, you know, let me tell you stories. I'll tell you what stories, what, what, what real mad is, right? Mad is when you got a duck because a frying plan's flying through the air. That's mad, right? Uh, you don't even know what mad is, but, but see, it's just all gone. I mean, it just, now I get, I get righteously anger when I see people harmed, right? Innocent people harmed, that really, that real riles me up. But, uh, but uh, you can ask me, when's the last time you saw this dad just mad, like just like spitting mad, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, they'll tell you stories and be like, that's it? It's kind of embarrassing, right? That's, that's it? Uh, and so, 
but even nowadays, you know, it's so far removed from my life, you know, just, it just, it's just not going to be there. Amen. And uh, like I said, my wife has never heard me cuss. She'll never hear me cuss. My kids have never heard it. And it's not because I'm hiding. I'm not like a closet uh, cusser, you know, I don't go in a closet and, and, and you know, get a pillow and, and cuss in the pillow. Just, blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's, it's not there. Amen. Uh, and so the Lord is my helper. He is my helper in every area of my life. Amen. I allow him to be the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. I go to him, amen, and perfectly glad and, and full of joy to go to him. I, I don't see it as a shortcoming or, or uh, any kind of uh, uh, flaw in my character that says I need him, amen. You should never allow the, the devil to lie to you that says it, it's a character flaw to say you need help. All of us need help, amen. Uh, but we should get to a point where the help is, is a normal part of our life, right? Not, and we're doing our part, a help, not a doer, our help, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word, and, Father, we thank you that, that you are our helper. Father, you have desired and longed for the whole world to come to you uh, and to uh, gather us up under your wings where there's protection and healing and safety and, and care, and, and you called it the secret place of the Most High God where even the devil doesn't know how to find us. And so, Father, we long to be there. We long to be exactly where you want us to be, Father, to be in a place of protection, in a place of healing, Father, where we can live lives of divine health and live lives of divine protection, Father, and live lives of divine wisdom. We thank you for that, Father. We choose to do that as an act of our will. And we, see, we, we, we never see it, Father, as a character flaw, in fact, Father, if anything, it's an act of wisdom to, to look around us and see who, who can help me. And the answer always is the, the Lord Jesus and the Most High God. He is my helper. And Father, I will always look to you for my help. And Father, if I need healing, I know exactly where to find it because you said that healing, he will rise up with healing in his wings. I know to go in, into your protection, uh, into your life, and I can find healing for every malady in my life. It's there, Father. I choose to find it. And so, Father, I thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Does he desire to watch over us, protect us? You know, she went and started telling a story. We'll, we'll pick that up. Uh, uh, well, we won't pick it up next week because Brother Randy will be here with us next week. But she t telling a story about the, uh, the woman with, with, uh, uh, with the spirit of infirmity. So we'll pick that up when we come back in a couple weeks. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's offering. So Brother Randy will be uh, with us uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have our church meal. Uh, and then we'll have a healing school. So he'll be with us for all of those services. Uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing him. Amen. Uh, and so come ahead, Miss Chris, and receive the offering today. And um, um, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, you know, in the church, there's, there's so many hang-ups that we have that we, if we could just uh, yield ourselves 100% to the Lord, and, and I understand that, you know, that's a, that's a big commitment, but we should never be afraid to submit ourselves 100% to the Lord. We should never feel like, well, I'm, what am I going to be losing out on? You're never losing, you're only gaining, because you, you gain life. You gain Zoe life. He called it the, the God kind and the God quality of life. Wouldn't you like to live the God kind, God quality of life? What would you think the God quality of life would look like? Not anything like we're living right now, right? It would be an upgrade for everything we're doing, amen? And that's what he desires for us. So 
So just be encouraged that it's okay to do that. Amen. Don't ever feel bad living like a Christian, depending on the Lord Jesus. Don't ever let the devil or any other Christian say that you're wrong for doing that. Amen. Uh, so be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord. And. Uh,